All right, let's get going. Today, the title of this message is Not Religion, But Relationship, Part 2. All right? How many of you have been locating yourself this past week? If you were here last week, we've been talking about relationships. I hope you got your locators on because we're going to be locating ourselves again today. Right? All right. I'm going to have to wake you guys up. You know, I've got to have a little feedback. I've got to know you're there. So let me hear you. Have you got your locators on this morning? Yes, there we go. All right, come on, don't let me, you know, well, I I won't get in. We're talking about relationships. And you know, it it really is amazing how many people, they're searching out just what they can get from God. You know, in other words, they spend their life just seeking, you know, what can I get from you? What are you going to do for me? Or what are you going to give me? Or take this pain from me? Or take this problem from me? And give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And, and then, yes, you, they, they even go in and, and try to tap into the promises of God that are in his scripture, which that's what we should do. But they're doing it with the wrong heart. Because you're not going to access anything from God without that first, that relationship. Amen. And I remember when I went through this and, and when I first came to Christ in my mid twenties and I was doing the thing, I was doing all the things that everybody else did. I was going into scripture. I learned a lot of scripture. I became very knowledgeable of the verses. I became very knowledgeable about what they mean. I came very knowledgeable about how you access your healing, how you access restoration to rest to relationships and how do you access all of the things, all the precepts that God was putting in his word. I didn't know them in the, all, but I, I was gaining knowledge. But I quickly realized there was nothing was changing in my life immediately. I wasn't seeing any results. And this is when the Holy Spirit gave me the revelation. You got to start with the relationship. I mean, you know, and, and so that's what we've been talking about, guys. And, and, and the reason I put religion in there is because God doesn't want religion. The world is full of religion. Now, some of you guys may be coming out of a, a, a denominational church, and, and I'm not criticizing churches. It's the time to stop criticizing churches. It's time for the churches to begin to unify because we got a big plan and not only one, and I don't care how big your church is in this world, it's not going to be big enough to do it alone. We're the big C church, the body of Christ. Amen. But there's a lot of denominations and a lot of other churches that teach Religion, which is, you know, religion is just simply man's attempt to reach God or to satisfy God or, or better yet, it's man's ideas or interpretations of what scripture is supposed to be to, and, it's, and a lot of times guys, it's based on selfish desires or it's based on what we can do to reach God. Amen. And then what it does is it creates this attitude of where people are trying to just follow a list of rules, guys. That's God. That's religion. New Testament Christianity is a relationship. It's where you're pursuing God 110%, not out of obligation, but out of a love that's in your heart, right? And I had to really, I had to really check myself when I was, when I was first coming, when I first came to Christ, because I was going after him for the wrong reasons. It was, I didn't understand what a godly relationship was supposed to be. And we talked about that last week, guys. You don't go into a a true godly relationship. You don't go into it just for what you can get out of the other person. I mean, just think about how does that, how would that make you feel? Would you really feel like your spouse loved you if they were just trying to get get what, get what they could out of you? No, 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 no. You would feel terrible. But guys, religion is all a base. It's all about following a list of rules, you know, and, and God hates religion. I'm going to go ahead and say it. He hates religion. I mean, you, you see throughout scripture, like you go, just go read Matthew 23, where, where Jesus literally rebuked the religious leaders for following their traditions. Actually, when you study it in context, it was law based traditions that they were following and they were doing these things to make themselves puff themselves up and make themselves look important and, and look holy and look all. And Jesus just rebuked them. He said, no, we're not having any of that. No guys. God doesn't, he doesn't like religion. And when you think about it, religion is about, it's about man's attempt to, to, to attain righteousness with God, right? And, and I think about it through works. That's really what religion is. And, and I'm not, there again, I'm not criticizing churches. I'm talking about people that come in with this mindset that if I just, if I follow this rule, don't do this, do this, don't do this, do this, but do this and do this, and all of these things. And if you're doing that to try to get to God, that's not what God wants. He wants your hearts, like what, what Jordan was talking about. He wants your heart. 
He wants you to love him and pursue him just like you do with your spouse. Amen. Glory to God. But, but, but religion, when you're following those obligations and those lists of rules to pursue righteousness, guys, what you're doing, you have to be very careful because when you do that, guys, you downplay what Jesus has already done for you. Right? Because Jesus, by doing what he did on the cross, has established us as righteous because of the price that he paid. It's been done. We don't have to pursue righteousness. We are righteousness. We just have to walk in it. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. God. God doesn't want us to fall into religion, but he wants us to fall into an intimate, personal relationship with him. And that's what... That's what true Christianity is. There's a relationship with him, not out of following a list of rules or not out of just being obligated, but out of a love, a love for him, right? And, and when you truly love somebody, you're doing it to make them happy, right? It's because, you know, you, you don't want to do something that's going to hurt them because you love them. Right, and you don't want to do something that's going to make them unhappy. Not because because the rule book says that you don't want to make them unhappy, but the, you don't want to do it because you, your heart it feels from you. You don't want to hurt them, right? And you you know I I, I gave the and I'm glad Michelle's not in here because I get, <laughs> got a little distracted last week and you know. Those of you that were here, it wasn't my fault. She has that effect on me, right? And those of you that are married say amen because you know that, that it's the truth. Your spouse does the same things to you, whether you admit it or not. But And I'll say this, guys, a little rabbit trail here, but I will never, never apologize for pursuing my wife. And I'm going to tell you something. I love her more than anything, and I'm going to tell you, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give her anything that she's got. I'll fight for her. I'm going to pursue everything natural to bring her dreams to pass. I'm going to, pre, I'm going to pursue everything spiritual to bring her, her, her dreams to pass. I'm going to, do, I'm going to learn all of it that she likes, what she don't like. And I'm not going to do what she don't like because you know what? Not because it's an obligation, not because it's a rule book, not because she's going to hit me with a stick, but it's because I love her. And she'll hit you with a stick. No, I'm just kidding. She will not. She will not hit you with a stick. But guys, you see the picture of what God, the relationship God wants. You can see it in the marriage covenant. That's why I talked about last week how important it is that we understand what a godly relationship is. You know, because so many, especially the younger people, I'm not picking on you guys. I'm not, I'm not that much older than you guys. You know, I may look it, but I'm only 51 years old, right? Right? But a lot of the younger generation, seriously, they, they view a marriage as a, as a contract. And, and for lack of better words, but it, they do. They, in other words, it's what can I get out, get from you without having to put any more effort in for me? Because when you go into that contract, you're, you're trying to protect yourself and you want to do as little as possible, but you want to gain as much as possible. And when you go into a relationship with that, with that, with that, with that, with that mindset, guys, it's not going to be healthy. I can just go ahead and tell you that right now. I can tell you that from years of doing marriage counseling. It's not going to be healthy. It's a covenant. A marriage is a covenant. And when you go enter into a, 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 a marriage covenant, man, everything changes. It's not about you. It's about the both of you because you become one. And you, gotta, and you have to intentionally change what you believe in your mind and base that off of the Word of God. Amen. I'm not trying to get into a marriage seminar here. We'll do that some other day. But guys, I want you to understand, you see that, you see the relationship that God is drawing from it. I'm giving you a, a reference point. You can see it in a marriage. He wants that same type of relationship. He wants you to pursue him, not out of obligation, but because you love him. You don't want to hurt him because you love him. You know, and, and it's funny, I'll tell you a little inside joke that pastors have with one another is, you know, we don't have to get in people's business to see what kind of a relationship they have with God. We really don't because most pastors are observant as they should be, especially to their congregation. And I, I'll never dig into your business unless you need some help, you know. Now, if I see you going down a path that I know that's going to take you to death and cause you some pain, I'm going to, my job is to call you out on it and, hey, hold you accountable for that, right? Now, you may get mad at me and, and, and we'll deal with that at that time, but I'm not going to stand before God and say, I let them go. You know, I didn't want to offend them. I didn't want to hurt their feelings. This, that, and other guys. But, uh, guys, God wants you to pursue him wholeheartedly. Amen. Wholeheartedly. He wants you to choose him first. And he wants you to pursue him. Just like you do in any natural relationship. Right? And those of you that aren't married yet, 
you know, the day's coming for you guys. Don't pursue somebody that's looking at you as a contract. That's trying to gain things from you, trying to get money from you, trying to get, maybe you got nicer things than they have and this, that, and another. No, you go with that person, number one, as God leads you, but out of your love, it's in your heart for them and you grow together as one, right? And, and just be very observant when you enter into a relationship personally and when, learn the things that they don't like and, and be very intentional about not doing those things, Right? Amen. I don't know why the Holy Spirit took me down that road, but somebody needed that. Somebody may be needing that in their relationship. But so what I want to talk with you about today is relationships. And that's in a nutshell what we talked about last week. You can go back and and listen to the podcast if you weren't here or if you were not viewing us with us last week online uh, and and, and get the get the the nitty gritty of that. Uh, message and it was pretty good because it, it, it kind of let me tell you something when I was preparing this and what brought this all about you know I was praying as I always do and I'm talking with God and 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 he kept dropping on my heart relationship and I was like what are you talking about you know and I realized after spending more time with him and after studying and, and preparing last week's message you know I realized what it was all about it was about he was he was yanking my chain a little bit because I have a relationship with him. It's very important. But I was also spending time in his word for Sunday, as I should. But guess what I was neglecting? Spending time in his word for my relationship. Ouch! I was like, oh, God, yeah, you know. I'm just being honest with you. You know, Pastor Allen's going to be honest with you. I'm human just like you. You know, I work a job, we do this and we do that. Sometimes we get busy and my focus becomes on just what I got to get, I got to, what I got to get out to you, what God's wanting to tell you. And I'm focused on that. I'm praying on that and all that. And God was like, Hey, what about me? What about me? Come see me. Come see me. Let's talk. And I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so glory to God. I want, what I, why did I tell you that? I want you to understand I'm human also, just like you. And you got to, listen, you get the, 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 why, the, the ways of this world, man, the pressures of this world can get on you and the busyness of this world and can distract you in ways that you don't realize. But don't let it happen. Be intentional about pursuing him and pursuing that relationship. And as believers, we are to pursue that relationship with him first and with him and with Jesus And we are, this is where I want to get to, guys. We are to pursue a relationship with the Holy Spirit. All right? So you didn't get a lot of amens on that one. Right? And I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Spirit's in you. If you're born again, the Holy Spirit's there. All right. Now, you may not have been infilled with the Holy Spirit, with the baptism of speaking of the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. But when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in your presence. Now, the infilling is a different, is a different, is a different uh, situation. That's when you become empowered and you, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. But it doesn't matter. If you're saved, the Holy Spirit's there. Because the Holy Spirit was very sent for a reason. And most people don't realize this. Most Christians don't realize this. And some of this, there's, a, there's many, 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 you, you could pick reasons to why they don't understand this. You know, maybe it's not taught. Maybe they came out of a denomination that didn't teach it or didn't believe in the Holy Spirit. But let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit is non-negotiable. Right. In other words, you've got to have the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about it here in a minute. When you understand why he was sent, you can't take him out. There's a lot of people trying to do church without the Holy Spirit. Right? There's a lot of people trying to live their life in their own strength, and they're still praying to God and all of this, but they're, they, they've lost. They don't understand what the role of the Holy Spirit is in their life. Amen? Very important, guys. Please listen to me. Please, You know, I had somebody tell me the other day, I was talking with them about it, and we were just bouncing around. He said, yeah. He said, yeah, I believe in the Holy Spirit. And I said, well, I hope so. He's in you, you know, because I know this person's saved. And, and he said, yeah, but, you know, I just don't ever feel his presence. I just don't ever feel his presence. And I'm like, well, he's a spirit, number one. You don't go by feelings. You remind yourself of 2 Corinthians 5, 7, where it says we, we walk by faith, not by sight. The Passion Translation says that we live by faith, not by the things that we see, not the things that we feel. not the th- Come on, guys. Faith in what? Faith in God's word. Well, what does God's word say? Well, First John, uh, I think it's two verse two twenty somewhere right in there. It says that that we have an anointing that has been given to the holy by the holy one. 
talking about us, right? That's the Holy Spirit. You've been given an anointing. If you jump on down a few verses, I think 25, 26, somewhere right in there, 27, it says that, says that he, that anointing abides in you. Right now, when you get, now, let's just go a little bit a step further. That word "abide" now understand what that means, because that word "abide" means he's abiding. It's there. It, he's not. He's not coming and going. You're not going to feel his presence. He's there. Right? He's there whether you feel it. He's there whether your hair standing up on your neck, whether you got goosebumps. Whether it's not about what you feel. Come on, and you access him by your faith. Very important. Faith is what? Believing and trusting, believing the word 100%. Well, the word just says the Holy Spirit's abiding in you, so he's there. So that's all you got to do is just believe it. And then how do we access it? We expect it. We access it by moving on that, and we believe it, and we expect him to show up in our lives in the way that we need him to show up when you understand the role of the Holy Spirit in your life. And the reason people have this big misunderstanding or they're a little unsure. You know, some people, some people still get caught up in the fact that the King James translated the Holy Spirit as Holy Ghost, right? And, and, and they get, oh, it's a ghost. Oh, that's that Halloween stuff. You got to stay away from all of that, which you do. But I mean, it, guys, you can't, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. He's very significant. He was sent with a very intentional purpose. Now, I'm repeating that because I want you to understand. You need to understand this. Austin's been doing a great job in, in touching on this and teaching on this on Wednesday night. I encourage you to get there and hear it. Man, glory to God. Woo. But listen, we need to be, you need to be fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. Right? And I know the reason that there's this misunderstanding about the well, I won't say misunderstanding, but way, where people feel a little unsure or uncertain about the Holy Spirit. Guys, where that comes from, it's just a simple lack of knowledge. That's all it is. Right. Because you cannot read the Bible in context. And you, you don't even have to get into the nitty gritty of breaking it all the way down in context because the Bible's not really written on a very difficult level. You can't read the Bible and take the Holy Spirit out of it. Right. You cannot you cannot. Now, I'll say this. There have been a lot of times in the past years and in, in the previous years, and I'd say uh, where people have taken moves of the Spirit and gotten out of hand with it. No doubt about that, right? And, 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 but listen, if we're going to be the church that's going to see the power of God fall on it, and we pray on the gifts of the Holy Spirit to, to manifest itself in our church, then glory to God, we're going to be fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Amen. Because that's where the power is. It's like Austin was saying Wednesday night, you can grieve the Holy Spirit. It's a person. And when you grieve him, guess what? He's gone. And he's gone. Guess what? No power there. There's nothing there. Amen. Glory, glory, glory. We need to be fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. But we're not going to go out of here with a lack of knowledge. I want, you, I, I want you to understand the role of the Holy Spirit in your life. Because I'm going to tell you something. He was given to you, each and every one of us, to, for us to be a success at what God's called us to do on this earth. Thank you, Lord. I mean, yeah, praise him. That's awesome. But most people don't realize that, so they never fellowship with him. Fellowshipping with him is just using him for what he was intended to be used for. Spending time with him, right? Calling on him when you need him to call on him. Amen. Glory to God. And you need to be doing that. So let's look at, the, let's look at what the role is. Go with me to John 16. Uh, we'll start here at about verse five. Now this, I'm going to read this out of the amplified version because it already breaks down and gives us some definitions of some words. that's a little easier, uh, to understand. A lot of people don't realize that is what the amplified is doing. They're like, why is there everything in parentheses in the amplified? Well, it's because it's giving you the definition of the word that's right before that. <laughs> it's making it a little easier so you don't have to get your concordance out. Amen. Sorry. So. Jesus is talking to the disciples here right now. Jesus is, you know, he's getting them ready. He's, he's, uh, he, you know, he knows his time is coming and he's, he's talking to them. And, and I want you to just kind of think about what's happening right here and think about the disciples. And I always like to put myself there with them. I like to think I'm standing right there next to Paul as Jesus is talking. Yeah, yeah, okay, you know. Um, but seriously, think about it because what I want you to understand is the, the disciples had a confidence 
And, and I, I mean, just, just think about it. If you're standing there with Jesus and you're walking, watching him work miracles and, and stand against anything that the devil brings, you know, and, and doing miraculous things, and you got a confidence that, hey, he's got it. And he's my buddy. I'm his disciple. I ain't got nothing to worry about because I've just seen it. And glory to God, if I need it, the power will be there. So there's this confidence, right? But Jesus also knows that, hey, he's about to leave and he sees that, hey, you know, you got, they're going to lose that confidence when I'm gone. So this is what he's, he's, he's telling them right here. He says, but now I am going to him who sent me, right? And no, none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart, see, and taken complete possession of them. They were feeling sorry for the fact that he's got to go, he's got to leave, you know, he's got to leave. But you got to understand, if Jesus did not go to be at the right hand of the Father, then his, his death, burial, and resurrection paid for nothing. It did, he had to go to finish the deal. Right? In other words, he had to go back to sit at the right hand of the Father for the covenant to go into effect that we now sit under, right? right. Amen. Glory. He had to leave. He couldn't stay here. So he had to go. And, you know, God's pretty smart, you know, and he's already planned this out. And he knew I'm going to take Jesus out, but them guys are going to need somebody. They're going to be going through hell on earth and they're going to need, they're going to be dealing with some problems and, and, they, and I, better, I better take care of that. You know, God's pretty smart. So this is what he said. Jesus says, but I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. It's to your advantage. I got to get out of here because you, because he's about to tell him you're getting something better. You're getting something great. I want you to understand the importance of the Holy Spirit here. He says, it is to your advantage that I go away for if I do not go away, then the helper, and then in parentheses, it defines that. It says the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him the Holy Spirit to you to be in close fellowship with you. Glory, glory, glory. Guys, that is the job of the Holy Spirit in all of our lives, right? All of those things, he's there for you. He's your standby. He's your comforter. He's, he's your strengthener. How many people use him for that? Think about it. Locate yourself is what I want you to do. Find out where you are in this situation, right? Because I, man, I remember when I got revelation, I was like, wow, and I, that's just when Revelation really sank in. I've got the greater one living on the inside of me? What? I got all the strength I need living on the inside of me? Oh, glory. I got help when I need it. I got counsel when I need it. I got strength when I... What? Are you kidding? Glory. Now, all I got to do is turn inward and access that by faith. Glory to God. So it's a manifest in my life. Hallelujah. But see, a lot, too many people, that's fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. Guys... Jesus, God sent the Holy Spirit for a reason because we, he knew we needed the help. That's why he's called the helper. And then, of course, it defines uh, all of what that, all, his role. And so I want to I break those things down. The, what is the role of the Holy Spirit in your life? And essentially, guys, the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives was to take Jesus' place when Jesus left. I'm not leaving you alone. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. And now those things that I'm telling you, I told you before when he says greater works will you do because I got to go on and be on with the Father. Remember scripture tells us that? And he said, but you're going to do that not in your own strength, but you're going to do that because I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. I'm giving you the victor. I'm giving you the greater one on the inside of you. So, and guys, it's our job to access it by faith. Remember, it's not about feelings. I don't feel him. You know, I've had people literally come to our church and say, well, you know, I just don't feel the Holy Spirit there. Well, the problem is, is you're going by your feelings because I assure you he's there I, uh, in many ways. I know he's there. Number one, I know he's there because I know the anointing when the anointing falls. Amen. And when the anointing falls, woo, glory, it's like a sponge. It's, I can sense it because the way the anointing will fall through a, it, it typically in a, not the only way, but typically in a, in a, in a church service is the anointing will fall uh, when you guys come in prayed up expecting to receive. Then the anointing falls through the man of God. God is placed in the, in the house, in his house to preach 
And then I can tell when that anointing's being drawn. It's like it's being sucked right out of me. And I can tell you, I can really tell you, it hits me about one o'clock on Sunday morning when it's a day when the anointing's really been flowing. It just, Sunday afternoon, man, it just wipes me out. I mean, I love those days. You know, I really do love those days, you know, and it happens. That's why I'm telling you why we talk about how it's important that you come in here prayed up expecting to receive. Because if you're just coming here to like what Jordan was saying to check a box, come on, you're not drawing on that anointing. You're not expecting to receive. You're not, you know, and really that's a sign of a weak relationship with God. Because, you know, when your relationship's right with him, man, you want to get in his face. You want to spend time with him. You want to learn from him. I remember when Michelle and I were dating. I can call her out on this now since she's back in here, see? Uh, I, took, I, didn't, I took it lightly on you a minute ago. But, but I remember when we were dating, you know, we, we, you know how you date. When you, those of you who are married understand this. When you're in love, you just do goofy things, you know? Not she didn't. I did, you know? I, I, yeah. But what I'm saying is, is I just wanted to spend time with her. I mean, I think we could have been, could have been sitting together on a park bench watching paint dry. And we'd have been the happiest two people. I would have been the happiest two in the world. It didn't matter. Look at I think I think another centimeter dry. And oh wow, you know, it didn't matter. But we were sitting together. Uh, you know that that time together it was important. Woo! That's what God's wanting from all of us. Glory to God. All right, let's get back to the Holy Spirit. Now I see you got the you distracted me again. It's all your fault, woman. Oh. <laughs> all right, <laughs> let's start breaking down. Let's start breaking down what, the, what we see here. So the, the Holy Spirit is sent to be our helper, our comforter, our advocate, our intercessor, our counselor, our strengthener, and our standby. All right? So let's start with the first one there. He is sent to be our helper. Now just think about that for a minute. Just think about it. He's sent to be your helper. Naturally speaking, how many people press into him for help? No, I want you to answer it, but I want you to answer it to yourself. When was the last time you had your back pressed against the wall and you're just fighting the, the world's collapsing all around you and, and you're just, you're just, you're just, you're, you don't know what to do. You're just kind of, oh, you're in a fog and just like, and the pressures of life and the world are all around you and all, all on you. And, and what's the first thing most people do? Mom, dad, friend, coworker, come on, even minister, even though the minister's important. But the first thing you need to do, guys, is go inside. you got the greater one living on the inside. You have the victory right there. Right, right there. But you got to train yourself to go inside first. What I'm talking about is just, I'm pointing to myself, you know, just to make it, make it easy for you to understand. You go to the Holy Spirit first, and he'll help you. Glory to God. Most people, and it's amazing how many people will chase ministers all over the world. If I can just get to that, he's got the biggest ministry. If I can just get there, I'll get my healing. No, not this, no. Now, if the Holy Spirit leads you to do that, that's a different story. But you go to the Holy Spirit first. He will lead you where you need to go. Glory to God. He will help you. Glory. Most people, <laughs> most people are trying to do it in their own strength. You know, we wear ourselves out as Christians because we don't understand, the, have the revelation that we have the greater one on the inside. We try to fix everything in our own strength. We have an argument with our, with our spouse or we have an argument in our family. We have, and, and guys, let me just say this. You have to balance the natural with the supernatural. You do do what you can in the natural, but you also balance that with the supernatural. Yes. See, too often people are trying to only do it in the natural with their own strength, with mom and daddy's strength, with the minister's strength. Amen. And let me just say Yes, it is the job of the minister to teach and to help people. I'm not belittling that at all, but guys, but when you approach it from that thought process, you're putting your faith in the minister. Yeah. You're putting your faith in man. And get, let me tell you something, that's limited. Because I'm going to tell you something. At 2 o'clock in the morning when, 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 when tragedy hits or when problems struggle, and, you're, and let me tell you something, there's, there's no, nothing that says that the minister is going to be right there to help you in that time of need. But guess what? The Holy Spirit is. You've got to train yourself to go inside first. Train yourself to go inside first. I always, I, 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 this was pretty tough for me. You know, I was a very worldly person. You guys have heard my testimony. And so I had to, it was tough for me to do this. But now when anything rises up against me, anything, I'll take two steps back and I'm immediately, I'm praying, all right, God, 
And, you know, I need some help here. I need some revelation. And I'll take a minute. I'll get quiet. I may pray in the spirit for a little bit. And, and I'll, I'll take as, mi- as much time as I possibly can because sometimes you've got to react quickly. But it doesn't matter. I've trained myself to go first to the Holy Spirit. Show me what I need to do. Do I need to go this direction? Give me the words to speak in this situation. If you ever come up on a situation where you're about to get in, could possibly get into a physical altercation or whatever, draw back, pull back. Holy Spirit, give me the words to speak. Give me the guidance. Give me the strength. Direct me and he will do it. He'll help you guys. He'll help you instead of going into it and when your own strength and then when they start popping off about your mom and this, that, and other or whatever they do nowadays, now you get flesh starts rising up. You get angry. Don't look at me so holy. I know y'all, have, y'all get angry too, just like me. <laughs> Glory to God. But you've got to put that down. Go to the Holy Spirit first. Amen. So the next thing that we see is that the Holy Spirit is to be our comforter. How I many you know in life we need to be comforted? You know, the, the, I was so glad to have revelation of this when my mother passed. You know, she went, I felt like too young. My mother had a long history of health issues. As a matter of fact, I never knew a time where my mother wasn't sick. And um, when she finally went on to be with the Lord, uh, gosh, she, she had such revelation of scriptures and she never realized it. But when she went on to be with the Lord, I had to do her funeral. And that was tough. It was Me and mom were like this. And... Uh, I had to have some comfort. Of course, my family and all were there, but I needed some spiritual comfort. It was tough. And I mean, I almost made it through the whole uh, funeral without breaking down, but uh, it was through the grace of God and the comforting of the Holy Spirit that got me through it. Amen. But let me tell you something. It says he's there to be our comfort. If you, if you will learn to depend on the Holy Spirit, guess what? He'll comfort you. He'll comfort you. And you know, and you think about it, it may, it may be, look like you're, you're going through the most unimaginable struggle, right? But when you have that understanding of the Holy Spirit and you, and you know how to depend on him, you can keep your composure. You can keep your peace. It may, and people may be looking at you. And I've had people do this to us when we've gone through situations. People be looking at you like, why are you not losing it? Because they know what's going on in our lives. or Not often. But the very few times we're struggling, where tragedy has hit, or, you know, and, and people will be like, what are you, why aren't you going crazy right now? You just look so peaceful and so happy. See, they don't understand. Because I'm drawing my strength from the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. He's comforting me. He's helping me through this. And he's there to do that for all of us. If you'll just draw from him. Draw from him. You've got to learn to go to him. Ooh, glory. Depend on that Holy Spirit. Now, the next thing that we see is that the Holy Spirit is to be our counselor. Now, this is a big one, guys. John 16, 13 says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, comes, he will guide you into all truth. The next time you need some counsel, do like I just said. Go to him first. Pray. You know, and you guys know I never, uh, uh, I'm never critical of doctors or the medical field. They're important. God gifted them that way uh, on purpose, but... When it comes to counseling now, our world has gotten so extreme about getting to the psychologist. Or, or the, I mean, and let me tell you something. That's natural thinking. And now, if you, if you need counsel and you're in a situation, I, this, sometimes the psychologist, they're needed. There's a purpose for them on this earth. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. Please don't twist what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is you need to learn. The next time you need, think you need counsel, instead of your first response is to run off to this doctor, that doctor, this psychiatrist, that psychiatrist, whatever. But it's the, your first response needs to go to the supernatural counselor and get some counsel. And then allow, if you, if you need to go further to something professional, a doctor, then he will lead you. And you follow that leading, guys. But let me tell you something. If you just, we have trained ourselves in this world to just immediately, our first response is just to go to the doctor. And let me tell you something. All the doctors are going to do, it's kind of like a car mechanic. They're just going to pat you up as quick as they can and get you out of here. Now, you may think he loves you. But it's a job to him. I've talked to many doctors that they have to learn. They'll tell stories. Trying to think if they're maybe watching. (laughs) They'll tell stories of how they have to put on a face. When they sit in, sit down with the people. And in their mind, they're just analyzing. Yeah, this should fix that and prescribe that. Boom. They're out of there. 
Right? And they're not, it, it, listen, it's not, maybe they are not or trying to be impersonal or whatever, but it, listen, the point is, is if you go there first, all they're going to do is they're going to do the best they can, guys. And they're going to, most of the time, especially when it's a, a psychological issue, they're giving you some drugs. That's the first, and I'm going to tell you something. And, and there again, you got to balance the natural with the supernatural, right? Because sometimes the drugs are needed. Sometimes your healing is in, in the fact that you went to the doctor, but you've got to go first to the Holy Spirit and let him lead you to the right place. I mean, I had a story of a guy, he had cancer and he was, he, he was a good, good Christian guy and he was fighting cancer and he needed to, he was, he went to the Holy Spirit and he needed a direction of where to go. And everybody kept saying, you know, you need to go to the doctor in, in Birmingham, you know, where I lived. And, uh, he said, no. He said, no, because uh, they, they were, everybody was like, why don't you just go to the doctor? They got a good cancer center right here at UAB. You need to go. And, and he, uh, but he did not go. And the reason he didn't go is because the Holy Spirit led him to some place in Texas. Some, I think it was in Houston, Texas. They have a cancer hospital out there. And everybody thought, why are you going all the way to Texas? He said, because the Holy Spirit led me there. Long story short, he went there and they went through a procedure and this, that, and the other, and he came out of it and came out on top. As of, and, and, and it came out victorious, healed, right? As far as I know, I haven't seen him in quite some years, but as far as I know, he's still healed from cancer. Amen. But the point is, is he went to the Holy Spirit first. Amen. Learn to do that. Train yourself to do that. Go to the Holy Spirit first. That's why he was sent. He was very important and he was sent to you for this reason. Now, the next one's pretty interesting, is that the Holy Spirit is to be our advocate, our advocate. Now, that seems a little strange right there, but when you understand what that word advocate means, it actually means a lawyer or the one that's going to plead your cause, plead your cause. How many of you know when you need somebody to plead your cause, the Holy Spirit knows what to do? Amen. The Holy Spirit knows what to say. Amen. He's the one. He knows what to, he knows how to plead your case. And I'm going to do a message on pleading your case to God. I, I don't know. We'll get to that. It's a great, and I won't get into that today, but you need the Holy Spirit to be there. He knows how to, he's sent to protect. He's sent to strengthen you. He's sent to guide you. He's sent to know things for you. He's sent to do all of these things. And when you need to have your case pled before God, and let me just say this about pleading your case before God. People don't realize this, but God is almighty, all powerful, correct? Absolutely. But he's almighty and all powerful, powerful in the confines of what he said in his word. Amen. Because Amen? scripture tells us that Satan is the God of this world. Remember, we talked about this, and, and the way God works on this earth is through his people that have him on the inside of them, right? So in other words, when I do this message, I was going to blow you guys away because God is bound by his word. He has to do what he said he's going to do in his word, and he will not do something that he did not say in his word, right? So when you, what, what does that mean? That means that when you need, to, you need to plead your case to God because he is bound by his word, scripture tells us we are to remind him of what his word says, that's what the Holy Spirit will do on your case, on your behalf. He will plead your case for you. Amen. All right, let's move on. We'll get into that later. The next thing that we see is that the Holy Spirit is to be your intercessor. Now, this is the biggest, I won't say the biggest one, but this is a big one, guys. And we're talking about your prayer life, your intercessor. You know, when you depend on your natural ability to pray, you ain't getting very far. Let's just be honest, guys. How many words can you come out of your mouth praying to God and talking to God, pray, pray and talking to God, whatever you want to call it? How many words can you get out of your mouth? Now, you may stretch it and get 10 minutes, right? I'm just being real. I've talked to a lot of people about this. When you lean on your natural ability to pray, you are limited, Romans 8.26 tells us, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. 
Praying in the Spirit, guys. Praying in the Spirit. A pastor cannot pastor without having this ability. And I've shared this story, I've shared this illustration a thousand times, but I'm going to share it again. There is no way for a pastor to, to, to know what to pray for when God drops people on their heart, unless God's very clear about it. And I mean, he drops you guys on my heart all the time. I'm fighting things in the spiritual realm for you guys in ways that you don't know. There again, not to pump myself up. I want you to know, because what I'm doing for you guys, guys, you need to learn to do for your life and your family, right? It just goes down, the, it trickles down the whole the, the list there, right? But let me tell you something. When God drops you on my heart, and it's one o'clock in the morning, unless he says, go call that person, and he just, but he just says, hey, pray for them, I don't know what to pray. I have no option, other option but to go to the Holy Spirit on the inside and pray in the Spirit. And sometimes it may be 15 minutes, somebody, sometimes it may be two hours, and I get peace about it. When I get peace about it, I let it go. Sometimes I may, he may lead me to call you the next day and check on you. Very seldom does he ever do that because it's already been taken care of because I interceded on your behalf. There again, not bringing glory to me, all the glory to God. I want you to learn you need to do that for your own life. For your children, your, your children live in Colorado. You get a, you get a, you don't know why they're just real heavy on your heart at ten o'clock in the evening, and you're just sitting there watching your your little documentary, and all of a sudden you're like, "What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Pray. How do you pray? I don't know what's going on. Pray in the spirit, because the spirit intercedes. Glory to God, guys. This is this is so vital, so vital. I have a son that's deployed right now. Right, and he's in a very dangerous part of the world, and and um, you know, as a dad, do you think I'm not interceding on his behalf? You know, it's like yesterday was his, his birthday. Didn't hear from him. Very unusual not to hear from him, but he's on a deployment. That means he's probably in the field. He's been pulled to a mission to do something. Now, as a dad, your son's out there got pulled to a mission. In a dangerous part of the world, your natural mind could go doing some wandering, right? But I'm not going to let it. I immediately started praying. And I'm walking around just, I'm praying in the Spirit, thinking about Him, interceding on His behalf, sending a legion of angels to wrap Him up and protect Him. Speaking the Holy Spirit, I know He's leaning in on the Holy Spirit because I know He's been trained, He's taught. Glory to God. And I know uh, without a doubt He's leaning in on that. Glory to God. But listen, there's only way I could do that was with the, by praying in the Spirit. You guys need to learn to do that in your life. You know, I, I, did, I spent uh, about 12 years, uh, I worked for a local trucking company. And sometimes we had to, we didn't go very far, but sometimes we had to go over the highway. And, and, and I saw a lot of accidents. And I don't really know why I saw so many accidents. Never was involved in them. I was always either coming up on them. And I've, you guys have heard me share the testimony that I've seen so many that I've trained myself to instantly start praying in the Spirit when I come up on the accident. Why? Because I don't know what happened. I don't know what the need is. I don't know. You know, your prayers are supposed to be specific. Mike and I were talking about that earlier today. But when you don't know what to pray, you don't have any choice but to go to the one that does know what to pray. Is the Holy Spirit. Now, the one that really touches me is, and I, 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 is the accident that I drove up on coming out of Meridian, Mississippi one night. And the guy was obviously intoxicated, and he flipped his car. And I was the first one up on the scene. And I had seen so many accidents, guys. It's just, you know, oh, here we go again, you know. And so I'm literally, I'm stopping the truck, you know, getting the emergency. And I'm running to the car because I can see the cars flipped up, upside down. And he's standing by the front of the car, and he's so intoxicated. I really wanted to punch him. Oh, no, that was the flesh rising up there. I didn't really, uh, I didn't really, but I, I really did. I'm like, really? You caused this? Because his wife was hanging, our girl, whatever, girlfriend, whatever, was hanging upside down uh, by her seatbelt, and it was kind of choking her like that. And uh, my first reaction was, we got to get that, get her down. And so I would grab my pocket knife and this, that, and the other. And the whole time we're doing this, the only way I'm keeping from knocking this guy out is I'm praying in the spirit and I'm trying to get him to help me get her down and I cut her down and this and I'm praying out loud at this point. I don't give a rip who's around. I'm praying in tongues and I'm to, I'm cutting her and thanking her and holding her, you know, helping and telling him what to do. And by this time other people showed up. And when they were loading her, she was out of it. 
She was out of it the whole time. When they were loading her in the ambulance, because she thanked me for praying for her. She, she was out of it. She was out of it. How did she know? You know, I mean, I, I know how she know, knew, you know, because I interceded on her behalf in that situation. Amen. Glory to God. Guys, you need to get a revelation of that. I could go on and on, story and story and story. Amen. Stories. Bottom line is, if you're, there are going to be a lot of times when God, when the whole, God leads you to pray for somebody and you don't know what to pray, and you can only do so much in your own strength, guys, you got to depend on the Holy Spirit. Now, the next thing we see is that the Holy Spirit is to be our strengthener. Now, that should make you excited because how many of you know we need strength in this lifetime? Glory to God. When was the last time when hard times hit you and the first thing that you did was look inside? See, there's for strength. See, there's, there's a lot of people that they don't even really, you know, that's why I did the series on praying is people don't understand how to pray. They're, they're, in, they're fa- dealing with hard times as we all do in this life. And, and their way of dealing with it is just God, give me strength. And God's like, I made a way. He's in, he's inside. Go inside. You know, I think the Holy Spirit is like, is like, you remember back in the eighties or nineties, uh, we used to watch when I was a little kid, we'd watch wrestling. You know, and I, I think they still do it. I don't know. But I didn't really get into it, but I can remember as a little kid that they'd have the tag team wrestling. And, and you know, when one opponent's, the two opponents were in there, and then their teammate was on the outside, and when that one got beat down, you know, you tag my hand, I'm coming in. Well, I think that's the way the Holy Spirit feels. He's like, you're crying out and all this pain and all this suffering, and the Holy Spirit's leaning over the rail, tapping. I'm right here. Come on, just to, to pee, tap me. I'm come. We can take care of this just like that. If you'll just call on me, come here. I'm right here. And glory to God. But there's a lot of people, oh, God, send something down from heaven to give me strength. He's like, he's right there. I made a way. Just depend. Draw, draw on him. How do you do it? By faith. Yeah, yeah. God, the Holy Spirit's going to be my strengthener. The Holy Spirit's giving me strength by faith. I declare it. I'm going to walk in it. Right. Glory to God. And you're encouraging yourself. You're building yourself up. And then glory to God. And you keep doing it. And you keep doing it. And keep doing it until you persevere through whatever it is you're going through. Glory to God. People don't, they don't even consider the Holy Spirit's already there. Woo. And you always, always, I know I repeat this a lot, but you got to remember the Holy Spirit is never going to force himself on you. I've told you this many times. If you have a spirit forcing himself on you, you need to come see me because it's demonic. We'll cast that thing on out of here really quick. The Holy Spirit's not going to, he's patiently waiting. He's on the side of the ring. Please, please come. I want to help you. I see you falling. I see you going. I want to, I'm right here. Come get me. Tap, tap, tap. Come on. We can kick some devil butt. Just do it. Come on. Glory to God. Now, the last thing that we see right there is the Holy Spirit is our standby. Whew. What does that mean? That means he's standing there waiting on you to ask for some help. He's standing there waiting. He's leaning in the ring. Come get me. You know, think about it. Maybe the reason you haven't seen any change in the situation that you've been Praying over for everything is maybe you're not praying right or you haven't asked the Holy Spirit for some help. Amen. Think about it, guys. Think about it. He's there for a reason. He has a role to play. He was sent by God because you needed the help. You needed the assistance. You needed to be strengthened. You needed some counsel. You needed an advocate. Glory to God. And listen, I'm closing this. God desires a relationship with all of us. Now, we talked about that. You're not going to walk in the blessings of God. You're not going to walk in the benefits of being a, a child of him or all of that without a relationship with him. Pursuing him wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. Not out of obligation. Not because he's going to hit you with a stick. See, there are those that preach that way. And shame on them. Because true Christianity is about a relationship. It's about wanting to be with Him. See, we shouldn't have to beg to fill our churches up. Because if you just preach the relationship enough and they get that revelation and they get that relationship, they can't get enough of Him. They want to be here. They want to fill the house. And you can, like I said, you can always tell a person's relationship by their lifestyle. If they're out there on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday living one way, and then they're trying to come in on Sunday and check a box. Woo, that's not a relationship. 
Glory to God. A, a true godly relationship is just like I will do. I will die for her and do anything for her. I want, I desire to sit with her and hold her and smell her shampoo. And to, I'm getting distracted again. But you understand what I'm saying? I, I desire all of that. I want to because I love her. Same principle. Same principle. But God also desires that we are fellowship, fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. And guys, you do that by yielding to Him, by using Him for what He's meant for what he was sent for i meant sent for i meant yeah but see the sad thing is most christians don't realize they they got the victory right there it's right there and they keep trying to fix everything in their own strength and god's like i've given you everything just use it and let me tell you this guys the ultimate way that you fellowship with the holy spirit the ultimate way the number one way you fellowship with the holy spirit of course is by using him for what he's there for but it's, it's to stir, it, stir up that gift, like what Paul talked about in 2 Timothy uh, 1.6. He he's talking about the Holy Spirit right there. And the guys, the way you stir up the Holy Spirit is by speaking and praying in other tongues. That's it. That's how you do it. Amen. Glory to God. Bottom line is relationships are important. Their rela- relationships are vital in this earth, naturally. Relationships are extremely vital and extremely important spiritually because God wants that relationship with you. Glory to God. And he wants you. It's not just about having the relationship with God because you've got to recognize and have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because, guys, he was sent for a reason. And it's not negotiable. It's not, you know, you, you 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 can live this life and you you'll you, and, and and you get saved, not not acknowledge or not really give the Holy Spirit any presence in your life or anything, and, and you're going to heaven. But the difference is, your 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 path on the way is going to be a lot more difficult than those that who learn to yield to the Holy Spirit that was given by God to be all of those great things for each and every one of us. Amen. Learn to depend on.